time for the Gore and More podcast. Gonna have a good time. Gonna have a good time. Yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We're going on now. A ball break, walking hand in hand in the moonlight. We'll be the sweets all day. I swear we'll never part. We're going on now. A ball break, running in the sand, feeling alright. And what's up, everybody, and welcome to the Gormore Podcast. This is your host, with the motherfucking most, TJ Bowser, and joining me as always, your Dark Lord of Knowledge, Chad Chrisman. What's up, bitches? And Big Johnny D. What's going on, Gorehounds? And the killing machine himself, Bobby Amone. What's up, killers? Today is January 13th, 2020, and we have a good one for you today, 1982's The Thing. It is a great classic <laughs> film, one of Chad's favorite films. One, arguably, Chad is Chad's favorite motherfucking film. Uh, it's going to be a good episode. But before we get to that, y'all know what time it is. You know what time it is, Johnny? It's time for this last life. Johnny D, what did you do? You know what, man? I had a uh, very, very chill week. Uh, unfortunately, the whole house came down with sickness, so we didn't do much. Down with the sickness. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, yeah, I guess I left that one open for that. Um, <laughs> so uh, I didn't get to go out and do much. However, um, I did do something that the four of us all like to do, and that is just sit back and binge cheesy-ass fucking horror movies. Oh, we like that. Hell yeah, we yeah. do buddy. So I binged, and I believe our uh, fearless leader, TJ, also has been watching them. The Tremors series. Yes. Dude. One, three, six, baby. They never oh, get old. Dude, oh. listen. It, you know what? They, they take a little bit of a dive. I feel three is the worst. Dude, wait till Island Fury comes out. You're not going to be able to handle it. See, is that... That was to. I didn't know if that was actually fully announced yet. Or yeah, not. it's I'm in production. It, no, it's yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah, I hope you. they got to get one more out before Bert turns like seventy-five. Man. Like, you know what I mean? Like, dude, he'll make him when he's fucking ninety if he still can. I like the introduction uh, of Jamie Kennedy to the series. It, it, it dude, helps. so five really brought it back. Like, I really enjoyed five. Like, it was uh, bloodlines. Kind of, yeah, they brought back the uh, like, um, the intensity intensity of it dude like three like once like chad said in the our chat group um once they introduced the term ass blasters yes number three so, yeah. sounds thank, like a porno film thank you sci-fi channel um it kind of took a little bit of a turn hence number four was right to dvd and it was a western but four in my opinion was better than three. Oh, so yeah. three was the slump of the series and Obviously, you know, dude, number one to this day, one, one is great. Three has and a special place, though, because it brings back all the does. actors from the first one. Listen, I love each and every one of them. I'm not <laughs> going to dump. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, you know what they are. Listen, if you're getting into one where there's a six series deep, I think we all know, especially once it's just sci-fi channel made and direct to like whatever. <laughs> like, it you just know, doesn't you take matter. A, right. You take, a, you take a certain grain with it and you're like, all right, fuck it. Let's just ride. Let's just ride this ride. Um, but they were great, dude. Like I fucking loved them, man. And uh my daughter watched them with us the whole time, which I feel like you know, Tremors is a good mild enough horror movie to where you can get your young. It's a creature feature. A, yeah, dude. I mean, it's it's it land jaws, dude. Like, you know, it's it's it's, it's <laughs> total B movie, but updated B movie. Yeah, but yeah, the first one's still great, dude. The first one oh yeah, like, no, like 100 best, like will always be good. I'm sad the series never got made that where they were going to bring back Kevin Bacon. But, 
Yeah, I was upset when they said, oh, Tremors we're not 40. doing this now. Wait, we're waiting yeah. for it. And there's I mean, going to be a remake, six? and it's going to be 40 years later, and it's going to be Tremors, and it's going to ignore, ignore all the sequels, and it's going to be a direct sequel to the first one. And uh, right. Danny McBride's going to write it. <laughs> God damn it. Hey, you know what? And the, the only person Dan- coming back is Reba McIntyre. Yeah. <laughs> if, if Danny McBride brings back Shriekers, I'll be okay with it, because that was the only thing that made me sad about the last two, Yeah, because they got rid of the Shriekers. Yeah, they did. They weren't them. in very much. They were No, they weren't in them at all. They got rid of no, them. No, they were... Uh, no, they got one. rid of them. I just watched oh, yeah, them that's right, right, That's right. <laughs> See, I didn't watch the new ones as much. Like I can't. I, I like them. Literally like, watched them in twenty four hours. <laughs> You're crazy, dude. See, after the fourth one, I kind of. Eh. Well, that's fine. No, no, because they evolved and they were fucking some weird African mutated bullshit strain, which then somehow also African mutated bullshit strain. That's that's going to be a new Gormore T-shirt. Meanwhile, there was not a lot of snow in that last no. one. I was expecting a lot more. It was actually yeah, right? sand that they desert that they digitally altered to look like snow. I love how like they were just like, wait, where's all the snow? They're like, oh, the heat wave. Motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but uh. And then I watched one other one, which I would like to bring up more so at the end of the podcast, because um, it actually involves the movie we're going to review. Kind of. But uh, but not kinda. really. But not it's, really. By no means. There's, similar, but not there's really. similarities I would like to point out and note. But no universe. No in no, universe. No. No. Definitely. No. It, it is. Uh, after watching it, it is not a shared. And universe. if anybody knows what we're talking about, I'm sure you do. Yes. Uh, uh, but, uh, anyways. Bobby. Bobby. Yes. Bobby, how was your how was your slice of life, buddy? Uh my slice of life was wonderful. I finally started work on um Jason this past weekend. I got a few test appliances made. I mean, they're not really good at the moment, but they're just a test to see where I can place shit. And then I was watching the thing all last week and I watched it before and I have it on now. It's one of my all time favorites, so other than Definitely that, it's five. Oh yeah, but other than that, same old shit. Um, I'm just ready to get into this. So my slice of life is very short tonight. <laughs> TJ, what about you, boss? <clears throat> you forgot about the little guy. Oh, we oh, can start. Sorry, why, why, can't we, why can't we? Why can't we end it on? Why can't we do? Yeah. Why can't we? Not, on okay, on we'll end it on uh, the be- save the best for last. I see how yeah, it is. exactly. Yeah. Okay, so this week I recorded a podcast with Mick where we talked about the alternate, the original ending for Texas Chainsaw Massacre Three, and which is better. I got to share. Yes, which is better. Which so I got to share a really cool moment where Mick hasn't watched the movie for let's just say an X number of years. Would you say twenty years? Yeah, something like that. Had to have been close yeah. to that ballpark. And uh, his reaction to it, watching the ending again, really got him all fired up. And uh, there's a really cool thing where he's like, the saw is family. And I was just like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was cool. Hell yeah. Uh, I did a lot of weird research into slasher history, and I found a group of movies that share the same killer, has no connection other than the fact that it's like they all are paying homage to each other. It's really strange. Uh, and none of them are super famous. So. Yeah, they're all very obscure movies. So that's something that we might uh, dive deep into at a later point. Uh, I know the boys are definitely interested in it's films that nobody will even really ever touch on. And that's something that we strive here for at Gordon Moore is, you know, the less looked at, the less appreciated and the less, uh, how we say, uh, 
remembered classics. Yeah, Edward. Pretty much. No matter the the, the poop. Or Listen, man, we the like to scrape factory. the bottom of the barrel, dude. You know what yes. I mean? That's fine. We're, yeah, we dude, like to scrape been... like that. This like there's like a fond that has formed at the bottom of the pan, and we have to scrape it. So we're like kind of like adding uh, water and butter and flour, and we're gonna make a nice gravy. Although I do want to add that sometimes gravy. the bottom of the barrel movies have the best nude scenes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, they get this true. They got to make up for it in somehow. Which apparently, remember that, that the only thing that this podcast is about is about boobs. That's true. That's true. Uh, and since we're talking about boobs, let's talk about hot tits, Captain Marvel. Hot tits, Captain hot Marvel. Tits, Brie Larson. Can we talk about the lack of uh, Captain Marvel action figure sales and how like you don't see any kid playing with them? Uh, I see him stockpiled over at five below. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> uh, that no definitely worked well, didn't it? No surprise. Okay. I haven't been paying attention. But uh, you know what? Chad, how is your slice of life, buddy? Yeah, my slice of life is kind of boring, actually, so I didn't mind getting skipped over in like four months. <laughs> I worked wow. last week. Uh, my niece's birthday party was Saturday, so we went to that. And then right straight from there, I had to go up to the in-laws, drop the kids off. Then it was my company's Christmas party because apparently they felt the need to wait till the last minute to schedule it. And they couldn't get anything until January. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that when you were like, it's our holiday party. And I was going to be like, uh, and I'm you, like you're like 12 here. months in advance. Or you're yeah. One month <laughs> yeah, it's I'm our, like, what it's holiday, party. dude? Yeah. Like President's Day? Like, what the? F- no, Valentine's Day. We're doing it a month early. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> See, I mean, the wife got to get uh, dressed up and spend some time with my coworkers, and uh, we had a nice time. And then. Did anybody just... wear Christmas stuff? No. God. Aw. Uh. Chad drank too much. He took six shots. Six shots. Six shots. Uh, <laughs> I shot him in the heart. <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, just playing some Witcher three. I think I'm at the end of that. Ah, okay. I think after that, John, I think I'm gonna go back and replay Ghostbusters. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Oh, it's so much fun. Did you get the remastered, or are you rocking just? Oh, the I forgot underneath? to tell you guys something. Jerk the Curtain got a radio position in Memphis for oh, wrestling. Nice. Yeah, for right. on a radio station. Got to tell you about that. Corey told Two me the other day. Up, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Is that still? I didn't even. When was the last time you guys made an episode? Uh, two weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. But uh, we've been, been getting things back in the. We've been getting things back, you know, in the just of recording again and getting used to it again. And uh, yeah, Corey brought it up to a couple people at a local wrestling promotion, and the guy had just happened to run a radio station and was super heavily interested in Jerk the Curtain and like offered us sponsorships and stuff. So. Nice. What? Nice. Yeah. Okay. The highest rated and most listened to podcast on, Jerk the, on uh, the Dubak Network will return. Bum, bum, bum. I don't know how it is. It has the least amount of episodes. We do an episode once a month, and... Apparently, you wrestling fans are just fucking vapid for that shit. It must be. Holy shit. Uh, Anyway, review time? Tally ho. Let's get this rolling. Okay, so, folks, we got another banger, a slapper, a diddly do for you today. 1982's The Thing, directed by Les Jean Carpenter, (laughs) written by Bill Lancaster. (laughs) (laughs) That threw me off. I like that. For a minute. Produced by David Foster, Lawrence Terman, starring Kurt Russell as R.J. Ready. Not to be confused with macaroni and cheese that is ready. Is it uh, Ready or is it McCready? It's McCready. Uh, it's McCready. Uh, read it wrong. Wilford McCready. Brimley, diabetes guy as Blair. <laughs> Keith David as Childs. T.K. Carter as Knowles. I would have, 
I prefer the first name as a character. Uh, David Clennon as Palmer, not to be confused with Rosie. Richard Dieshard as Doc Cooper. Copper. Copper. Dieshard. Coxhard. Charles <laughs> Hallahan <laughs> oh as Norris. God. Peter Maloney. Malarkey? Maloney as Maloney. Bennings. Richard Master as Clark. Not Griswold. Donald Moffat as Gary. Joel Polis as Fox. Fuchs. Thomas Waits <laughs> as Windows. I see Chad just like, like nerd raging in the back, dude. Like, I can see, dude, I can't even see it, but I can see the vein on the side of his head. Just like, <laughs> Thomas waits patiently as Windows. Music by Ennio. <laughs> Uh, I, okay. I'm like, I'm gonna murder this last Italian name. No, no, no. It's Ennio Marconi. 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 Uh, cinematography oh. by Dean Gundy. Gundy. Yeah. <laughs> Gundy. Edited by Tom Ramsey. Distributed by Universal. Released June 25th, 1982. Of a runtime of 109 glorious minutes. Budget of 15 million. Gross 19.6 million. And Chad, say the catchphrase. Suck me, beautiful. <laughs> Hello, 2020. I tried to catch you guys off guard. Guys, we're picking up a weird signal. We need some help down here. It's an SOS. We found something. men have just discovered something. For 100,000 years, it was buried in the snow and ice. Now it has found a place to live, inside, where no one can see it, or hear it, or feel it. I know I'm human. Some of you are still human. This thing doesn't want to show itself. It wants to hide inside an imitation. It'll fight if it has to, but it's vulnerable out in the open. It takes us over. And it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. You guys gonna listen to Gary? He can beat one of those things! Now, one thing that has been around since the beginning of our show is showing the trailer audio. And, you know, <laughs> it never made much sense to me, but it's just kind of like a part of the show. <laughs> it was your idea. I know. But like, Listen, sometimes it works. Yeah. So, And then sometimes it just doesn't. You know, like the three minute fucking slasher trailers that have nothing but context and visual cues. <laughs> Uh, yeah, right. doesn't really translate well to audio-only content. But the funny thing is, not a single person has complained about it. Speaking of content and new content, Chad and I would like to announce a new project that we are working on that you guys can expect by the beginning of February. Uh, that's a reasonable amount of pre-production time. Oh, yeah. Anyway, uh, every Tuesday, 
we will be presenting a new podcast featuring Chad Chrisman, myself, and maybe a rotating guest or two featuring your Gormore boys uh, for a podcast called The Coroner Report, where each week we will sum up a news roundup of horror films, video games, comics, and anything else related to scary shit. Uh, we will be transitioning into a video show for that eventually. And Gormore will be an audio only while that will be a video only show that will be recorded Mondays prior to Gormore. I just wanted to uh, give you guys that little bit of knowledge and stay tuned on dobackdiscussion.net for any more information and on our Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Moving on to the podcast (laughs) plot rundown. I'm going to give it to you boys. This one nice and softly. Now, what would you guys say about the plot rundown before we... uh, you guys were discussing it pre-show. What did we say? You guys said something about the plot rundown. Or were you guys discussing the other film that we'll talk about later? That was the other film. Okay. So in the midst of the Antarctican, Antarctican snowfall, the scientists and workers of a small American research base are shocked when a helicopter begins to circle their camp, chasing and shooting at a dog. When the helicopter is destroyed and the passengers are killed, the dog is let into the base and the Americans begin to wonder what has actually happened. The helicopter has Norwegian markings, must be of the Norwegian base, not too far from the Rhone. A team of Americans are sent to the Norwegian base to find out what has happened. On arrival, they find the place has been totally destroyed. They also discover a mangled body that looks as though it has once of a person, which they bring back with them for further study. It is only then that the clues begin to add up. The dog morphs horribly into a strange creature that attacks the researchers. They manage to fight it off, but they come to a terrible conclusion. An alien with the power to transform and take the appearance of anybody else is amongst them. Who is infected already? Who can be trusted? Helicopter pilot R.J. McReady sets out to find the answers to exactly that. R.J. McReady. I'm going to re-listen to this episode and I'm just going to be screaming into a car and be like, no, it's fucking McReady. McReady and fucks. Fucks. Fucks McReady. My daughter was watching it and she was whispering. She's like, it's Fuchs. Like it's Fuchs, <laughs> and I was like, "She's like, I'm gonna call the monsters Fuchs now." And I was like, "Okay." So every time the monster is on screen, she's like, "It's Fuchs," and I was like, "Why are you whispering this to yourself?" <laughs> so fucks it is, uh, Chad. <laughs> uh, well, like always, we have a lot to get into, but we have a thick. Let's, let's do a roundup. You let's know, discuss <laughs> before we uh, yeah. before we get behind right. The jump scenes. into this pile. Yeah, let's uh, let's discuss that. Like fun. I said, all right. Is- well, uh, I'll take point. It was my pick. Um, obviously, I love this movie. Uh, I think everybody does. I, yeah, I uh, I feel like you guys probably could already tell how this whole cast is going to go. There's going to be a lot of rubbing and tugging, soft, sensual kissing around John Carpenter's neck. Um, <laughs> That's exactly how the movie goes. That's right. No, man, it's it's great, dude. And it's it blows my mind that it, it wasn't awesome when it came out. But at the same time, there's so many underappreciated movies that get a following way down the road. And I'm glad this one did. Uh, and I know John Carpenter is as well. Um, but you know, it's, it, it, even take out the, uh, the creature of it, which is 
makes it amazing. Um, the movie in itself is still great. Just the whole paranoia aspect. Mm-hmm. That's actually like drive. Like that's what I love creature features. Obviously I've been watching them all fucking week. Um, but it's, yeah, just like the tension in between the crew, everything, man. I always love that whole, movie. uh, and it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, this probably just like you guys, I didn't have to watch this for this week, but I totally did. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> just just yeah. to appreciate it. But uh, gentlemen, let's let's hear what your thoughts. Well, yesterday I got up early to make sure I had enough time to watch this before the family woke up because I went to sleep. It was like two thirty in the morning the night before I wake up eight o'clock. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm watching the thing before anybody else gets up. Yeah. But they slept a little bit longer. But um, this is one of those movies where I can actually still remember the first time I saw it. I was probably about. Yeah, seven or eight years old. Uh, we used to go to parties uh, that my f- parents' friends would have. And we'd all just sit around and watch movies. And then me and the kids, me and the other kids would go play. And then the adults would, you know, drink, get fucking high, whatever the hell it is they did. Have swingers parties and swap. I don't yeah. think they did that. <laughs> <laughs> but it was at the one of these parties that I watched this for the first time. And it always stuck in my head. I've always loved it. I, like I said, it's... That was probably the very first time it was even on home video. It stayed with me. I cannot believe that this movie tanked the way it did. I understand why it did, because people... It was the same summer that um, E.T. came out. And people flocked to see movies about a nice alien and didn't want to see movies about an evil alien. Yo, sidebar on that. E.T. fucking sucks, dude. E.T. fucking sucks. E.T. fucking phone home, bitch. (laughs) That movie is terrible. We watched, me me and my family watched that, like, I don't know, four months ago because for some reason I had the DVD, like, I wanted at a fucking fair or some bullshit. And I was like, oh, you know what? We never watched it, so I unopened it. And, yeah, I was just like, you know what? I don't don't think I've ever watched this movie from start to finish, and there's a reason why. I am shocked. (laughs) And you just discovered your reason why. Yeah. But, Bobby, unless, Chad, you got more to say. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean to... This is just another movie that I can watch over and over again and not get tired of. Much agreed. Uh, this is that movie <laughs> that I literally every winter, I think I watch twice a week. Oh, this is a I, Jesus. I, this like, is, this when like, we have I, a really bad snowstorm and we're snowed in. I watch this movie. Like, I literally, sometimes what I do, I told another friend this, literally what I do is I'll put it in the DVD player, it'll stay there, I'll forget about it, I'll be like, oh, let me see what I got in here tonight. I go to the thing, I'm like, perfect, put it on, <laughs> I don't even have to switch it. And I remember the first time I saw this, I afterwards, I remember going, this is a great fucking alien movie. I And I, this might be maybe, because I'm a huge Carpenter fan, so maybe a little biased, I love the movie Alien, but I like this just a bit more because there's no definitive look for the alien oh yeah i have a question for you guys so 2011 is the thing which is supposed to be a prequel to this why do they not speak norwegian Uh, because they didn't want to have a whole movie four of them do Uh, i was gonna say i thought some of them did yeah there was only two there there was only two english (laughs) there was one guy that's when didn't speak english at all i remember the driver that was that was the guy that uh in the beginning of this one Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. The one who was uh, wait, the one who got blown up first, or the guy the who, who was shot shot the, the one eye. who was shooting. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Um, you yeah, don't shit. got me, John. You I, don't. And I would got like to say, me. 
This is a movie where if you have friends that say they're not big horror fans, but they want to start getting into it, this would be a good introductory movie to the to the yeah. horror genre. I I, agree. I get really. I mean, I guess I would have to ask. It, it depends on where they want to go. Because I feel like I always lean a little bit more towards slashers to introduce. Yeah, oh, nobody can truly appreciate a slasher till they understand the slasher. Like I said, this is a good introductory uh, horror movie. Yeah. So is Alien. So, yeah, I feel. Yeah. Now, Bobby, you—that's what I was going to say. Uh, did you bring that up? Because I—I I feel like that was brought up in our discussion group earlier, if, or uh, one of our maybe it was our chat group. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, I mean, I love Alien. Don't ever get me wrong. I love this because you don't know what's it going to look like when it comes out of somebody. It is it going to, what is it going to be? It gave you that sense of what are we actually getting out of this? It's a shape shift. It changes person to person, limb to limb, literally. So I always liked that fact that there was literally a different monster for everything. Mm -hmm. And I know when Carpenter made this, he says, I don't want a guy in a suit. I was hoping you would bring that up. Yep. Like this, like this has to be an alien. I don't want a guy in a suit going around saying he's an alien. No, this has to be it, which in retrospect for alien, that's what it was, but that's the design. And by the way, well, this, and I just well, like to it, touch on, you said for, John Carpenter didn't want a man in a suit thing to this day. He hates the poster because of that, because yeah. that's what's kind of implying. Yeah. Oh. That's, I, I've I've heard that. Really? I yes. never I always took it that it was more of a reference to the original, the uh the thing that comes from outer space or whatever. That's kind we're of what talk, he was going We're gonna for talk because, about that uh, too later, but that's later on. When when Drew Struzan did the uh did the poster, he had no clue what the monster was supposed to look like, so he just did a very generic form for it. See, I love the cover of that shit. Oh, I, I like it too. I, I no, I like it too, but I get it because the what carpenter was not going for right and we know how carpenter can be if, if you don't like it he don't like it oh yeah i mean this is kind of a little bit of his own love letter to it like he said that in the documentary i watched on the fucking <laughs> when i watched it yesterday um because like he like he's like you just said you know he loved it but the only thing he wished he could change it was just that human aspect of it yeah like that's like I said, that's why this is my one of my favorite Alien movies. It changes. Yeah. So this movie is easily above a ten. I, and as we all know, why it didn't two weeks after ET came out. Yeah. Okay. ET got that. We get it. But this should have been a big blockbuster hit. It should have been. Do you think having an all male cast affected it at all? Like, I actually like that aspect. Oh, I love that aspect, but the critics picked it apart. It's clearly a sexist film that just tries to suppress women by not even including them. I mean, I mean, it's so not progressive and it's so behind its time. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, we'll go with that. I Uh, think we need an all female cast uh, remake. The funny thing is, and I've had this in my notes too, I might as well just mention mention the all male cast. It was also yes. an almost entirely all-male crew. There was one female crew member who left production because she was pregnant. Yeah. So it was that the was that the girl that made the spaceship? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Her, yeah, it was. Okay. I mean, nice. on a personal note, I don't really think it was made to work out that way. The it, cast, no, I think yes, that was just the crew, no, I don't think so. Nope. John Carpenter uh, <laughs> hates women. Yep. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Heard it here, folks. Everyone, you hear that, Deborah Hill? He doesn't even like you. 
<laughs> Dude, she's dead. Oh. <laughs> wow. Oh. Whoops. Okay, move on. <laughs> well, she just turned over in her grave because she just realized that he doesn't, she didn't like men. Okay, continuing. <laughs> well, you know what? Unless, I mean, you haven't said your thoughts yet, TJ. Yeah, we're waiting for you, buddy. It's a good movie. Continuing. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Well said. Well you. said. <laughs> Not much to say. Uh, you guys pretty much touched on everything. I love the film. You know, I, uh, other than I the like, fact that John Carpenter's like a hardcore, like anti-feminist and hates women and oppresses women by not including them in the cast. I mean, yeah. I bet you those were all male dogs too. You know, uh, you know what could make this movie better? What CGI? Oh it, no! Yes. No! <laughs> fuck off! No! 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 What if it was CGI mixed with practical effects? No! no. Wait, you're no. not letting me finish. Rob Bottin did a damn. No, not having this debate. Bobby's going to log off right now. I'll be like, fuck I don't this. Care. I just, listen, I'm just saying, what if they met you in the middle and made another one, but they actually gave you like a subtitle so they didn't call it The Thing, so we have to fucking devise it by each year it comes out. Oh, kind of um, like the stupid Halloween movies. Thank you. Yes. Uh, you think they would have fucking learned from this travesty of a fucking pile of a remake? A remake of a remake, I should say. Remake of a remake of a remake of a remake of a remake. I'm sorry, reboot of a retelling. Remake, prequel, reboot. I don't know, whatever. Yeah, there we go. It was like all three of them. But no, that was. I if I feel like if they mixed, then they had like 99% practical effects, and then maybe added like a little bit of CGI. And this is why I say CGI, Bobby. And I know you're gonna shake your head, blah blah. blah, But to help get rid of the wires and shit like that, just to clean it up a little bit. All right, it is like 2020, that. man. You could use the fucking tech. An aspect like that, fun. All right. I don't know. For every for just personal thing, every movie I've seen where they've tried to mix them. Ooh, Cardi B's running I've for Congress. Seen, I've, I've never seen them get it right. Okay, how That's about the, how about this? They use CGI to finish the scene where they use stop motion instead. That would have shown what happened to Nalls at the at the finale of the movie. That's fine. That's fine. Actually, they didn't even shoot that. They just illustrated his death. Wait, Nalls? What? You didn't even see anything. He just yeah, walked away. He, no, he he had an original death. Yeah. They called it the box oh. monster. Yeah. Uh, oh. The player box or but, something like so that. So yeah. there, there was supposed to be more. They never shot his death, and that's why it is the way it is. Yeah, I kind of... That one made me a little mad, but at the same time, there's a lot of like ambiguous shit in this movie, so... Like you know. the lack of female cast. So, yeah, we need more girl power. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, we're back. Uh, that little we weird need- pause is because uh, the FBI started to, what would we call, record us? They found my dead bodies. They found them. The <laughs> lime stopped making them smell bad. Okay. Uh, guys, where were we? Yes, sir. Oh, John's uh, anti-feminist casting thing okay yes uh, Le Carpenter as his close friends called him but you guys wouldn't know that you know I honestly think the uh I think the wolf dog in the beginning I think I believe that was a female we so. we, we can't be for sure uh we need a Actually, general check what it was a male had nuts its name was, was it? I think Ned Ned huh? we can't assume gender it's from just name Ned because it is 2020 but the name uh, of the dog was the name of the dog was Jack. What if what oh, if the, what if the dog like identified as as a female though? 
The dog identifies, think it identifies as more as a yeah. wolf than a dog. Yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> oh my God, we're going into <laughs> a talk about fucking dead Deborah Hill now and John Carpenter being an anti-feminist and hating women. It's With this, this episode's mustache. getting off the rails. Yeah, that's 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 completely why he pretty much invented the uh, idea of a final girl. Ah, he hates women. Yep. yep. Exactly. Totally hates <laughs> women. He wants them to be virgins. I mean, that's the purpose of horror yeah. is to oppress women. <laughs> Okay, okay, that's enough. That's enough. We're done. Please. Okay, we're getting too deep in here. Okay, okay. More do not. (laughs) We love women, clearly. We have a whole section about how beautiful they are. (laughs) We're going to hell. We're just going to hell. You knew that. You're knowing that now? Dude, I I knew that when I was born. Yeah, I was going to say, that was discovered a long time ago. So ch- anyways, so any little notes over there? Yes, I have lots of many notes. I'll have to pick and choose. There's too much to go through. John Carpenter yeah. has stated that of all of his films, this is his personal favorite. How dare you? I'd agree. Uh, Halloween. I think that's why he took it so personally, too, when it failed is because it was his favorite. No, honestly, I can say I like the thing better than Halloween. Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, I'm sorry, bud. Halloween this is, is a very close second for me, though. As far as yes. this is definitely one of my one of my favorites. Watch what you say, Bobby, when you see the shrine that is Michael Myers behind you. <laughs> this is true. I don't hey, see well, a shrine of the on, thing. Hold on, wait a minute, wait a minute. I love the thing. I Halloween is my number one, but this is easily number two. Yeah, but there's a distinct lack of the thing merchandise out there. Yes. I have some of it. There's not much. There was two uh McFarlane movie maniacs figures and was it Sideshow? Put out one? No. It was another company. Oh, shit. They put out a box set of McCready and the Dog. Yeah. Thing. And that's really about well, what we got. Wait, wait, wait. So that thing that I... Remember that uh, stupid toy commercial I sent you guys earlier in the week? Yeah. Was that, I wonder if that was legit. Because <laughs> I would love to have that little action set. Toy. <clears throat> Did you not catch that? Dude, it was like... Like a legit like nineteen eighties commercial with kids playing with like fucking the thing toys. Oh and, yeah. Like, a little play set and shit. Oh, that was fake. That had to have been fake. <sighs> Why do you gotta upset me like that, Chad? Okay, so the movie's Let also become a part of the culture in Antarctica. It is a long-standing tradition in all British Antarctic research stations to watch the thing as part of their midwinter feast and celebration held every June twenty first. Fuck yeah. Love that. I feel like that needs to be written in the contract. Like you will given be given time to watch the thing. <laughs> given time, I'll take time. Uh, no, the, they're getting paid to do it. The Fuck score stuff. was actually nominated for a Razzie Award, but it's since been going uh, considered a cult classic after that. Hmm. I, I actually like the score. I, I love it. I own it. I have a couple different. Yeah, I, I have the CD too. <laughs> Uh, to give the illusion of icy Antarctic conditions, interior sets on the L.A. soundstage were refrigerated down to 40 degrees Fahrenheit while it was well over 100 degrees outside. And they all got sick. Yep. Yeah, because they all kept going out in fucking winter gear. Oh, my shit. God. I wonder if the FBI tried to record us. We were talking about dead bodies and Bobby slime stopped working. Oh, that was before I said anything. It yeah. Was. Oh, uh, the opening <laughs> title attempts to replicate. The Wait, I wonder if we're quiet. We can hear the guy breathing. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> Spooky. 
<laughs> the opening title attempts to replicate the appearance of the original Howard Hawks film. To create the effect of the title, an animation cell with the thing written on it was placed behind a smoke-filled fish tank, which was covered with a plastic garbage bag. The bag was ignited, creating the effect of the title burning onto the screen. Ah, that's cool. I like I it. I love that effect so much. This actually opened the same day as Blade Runner. Both of them, uh, both the movies, uh, the similarities don't end there. The movies met with unfavorable reactions at the box office, but became widely popular in the years after. Ah. Okay. But thankfully, there's only really one version of the thing where there's like five different versions of Blade Runner. This is true. Okay, so at around 15 minutes, the dog wanders down a hallway and wanders into a person's room. But you don't see who the person is. You just see their shadow. John Carpenter purposely left that ambiguous and did not use any of his actors for that part. Okay. So the person casting the shadow is not any of the actors in the movie. I figured it was, um, what's his name on the couch that first turns? Palmer. Palmer, yeah. yeah. I, figured it was I, Palmer. Figured, I figured it was Palmer or Norris just because of the hair. They both had really curly hair. I, yeah, when, okay. when I saw the hair, I thought more of Palmer because it was just a little bit bigger. Well, I was just thinking Palmer because I have no idea when else he would have gotten turned. You know what I mean? Like, about how he was a favored by Carpenter and also used by Roberts and Mackis. No, I didn't. Yeah, also by Rick Rosenthal for Halloween, too. Did I just hear Robert Zemeckis? Yeah. Uh, uh, Dean Cundey is a favorite of John Same Carpenter's. Wrong. What's that? Dean Cundey. Dean Cundey. Cundey. Yeah. Uh, a favorite of John Carpenter's. Uh, he was also used by Robert Zemeckis, and he was also used by uh, Rosenthal on Halloween, too. Yeah. I mean, he's pretty much part of the whole like little Carpenter party that he brings to like all his movies. He is. Right? I think he's yeah. fantastic. I think he did a phenomenal job on this one. Which we'll get oh, into yeah. more when we talk. I need about to finish. I'm but glad what, we're watching a, uh, one of the other trilogy, but I do need. I want to finish the uh, John Carpenter's. Bobby, what was it called again? I'm sorry. Uh, Prince of Darkness. No, no, no. The trilogy type. Like, what was the? Oh, it's the, the Apocalypse it's called, trilogy. The Apocalypse trilogy. Oh, okay. everything has something to do with the end of the world in some form. Word. So all very nihilistic movies, pretty much. Yes. Pretty much. Nice. They're all wonderful. Right. Well, I'll, I'll be. I. I'll have to see when I, uh, I'll have to judge when I see them, but I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Good boy. Smart boy. Okay, so anyhow, in the DVD commentary, John Carpenter said Wilford Brimley was the only cast member not made squeamish by the autopsy scene where they used real animal organs. Well, it's because he's Fuck used to yeah, it's his Brimley, finger dude. from the diabetes. Actually, it's because he's an actual cowboy. Oh. Did he get diabetes right. from what? He did. He got cowboy? diabetes from dissecting animals. <laughs> okay, so Wilford that Brimley. explains Wilford Brimley. I love his deliveries in this movie. Yeah, he, like, he's like, great. it's not me, because I got diabetes. And then uh, he's like, let me out of here with my diabetes. That's one of uh, my favorite parts is where he's just sitting there eating the sandwich, and you're looking in, you see the yeah. noose in front of him, dude, and he's just like, I'm ready to come <laughs> in now. Okay, and that's they, were what, laugh, they were laughing in the commentary at that scene. It's so hilarious. That's that's what makes me think, and I've I've read a lot of different things, people saying that he was like the first person to become the thing. And he felt himself becoming the thing. That's why he kind of trashed the whole equipment. But I don't think he was actually assimilated no, by the thing. No, I disagree with that. He wasn't He wasn't assimilated by a thing until after he was locked up in that shack because Correct. why else would that noose have been hanging there? He was going to kill himself. Right. Yeah. He was going to kill himself, yeah. and then he turned. Yep. And then I think he was turned when he was eating the sandwich already. Like, yeah. at that point, 
He had that very like just yeah, because he was really him, real calm to me. He think, was already the, th- the thing there. And I think at that point he knew, because why would you be like? I'm okay. It's okay. I just well, just, he didn't I'm know. Yeah, I am an okay guy. I mean, <laughs> the, the, there's two people when we're done with these that I want to bring up, and I have to hear your opinion on this. But keep going. Keep going. Well, let's see. No, no, no. Um, going back to the Brimley, I just got to say, um, <laughs> like I said, I thought he turned at that, but the whole trashing thing, I just think it was like I said. He was the first one to really just realize, like, yo, man, they need to stop it now. And they they can't risk bringing in anybody else to yeah, potentially he, he, spread he this thing. He knew at that point there was none of them were going to get out alive. <laughs> right. And that's why he just went fucking AWOL, dude. And it was that scene was great, too. At around five minutes in, the female voice on McCready's computer was Adrian Barbeau. Mm-hmm. I think everybody knew that, though. That's that's old. He was, they were married at the time, I believe. Him and um, yeah, him, John Carpenter or her and Carpenter. Did uh, Carpenter hate her as well? Well, he hates all women. So okay, okay, Just making sure. But how can you really hate a woman with boobs that nice? Mm. Nineteen eighty-two. Adrian Barbeau had some fantastic. Tits. Continue, and we'll uh, we'll pull him up here for you guys. Uh, <laughs> I say, if it's quiet, it's all because we're all just daydreaming at this. <laughs> we're much too good to allow for for uh for white space in the in these podcasts yeah. uh we're probably drooling or looking at titties i promise oh uh, uh one of the bush pilots used in the film that flew the helicopters offered to crash one of their helicopters for extra money yeah titties are no right. shit yeah yes, they did. that's awesome <laughs> and uh, how much also money. there's a scene where um nice. where the, the the helicopter takes off and it wobbles a little bit that's actually um, um, Kurt Russell took the controls. That's why it wobbles the way it does. It's really yeah, very right. noticeable. Yeah, he's even got he's like, oh, 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 yep. now. TJ's that motherfucker's got the right sweetest now. hat ever. I want it. I love that hat, dude. Right? In I remember the commentary. He always says, like, you know, I came on this movie and the hat was already in the script. I had to learn to love it. Ah, oh, there we go. She's got some nice areola to nipple ratio. That's quality. The uh, international version of Swamp thinks she does a topless scene. Is there any pickle biting? <laughs> oh! Oh! I'm calling this quits. See you In later. 1982, before its release, Fangoria magazine had a contest. People were asked to draw the thing to see if anybody could guess what it was going to look out at. Look like, and the winner won a trip to Universal Studios. I'm oh, guessing shit. nobody won. Kind of <laughs> tough to tell. Uh, Keith David wears gloves throughout the whole film because <laughs> uh, because he um, oh shit, uh, because he um, broke one of his hands in a car accident, and it was in a car- cast. And it was a stolen car, nonetheless. <laughs> I don't. I didn't have that. Yeah, uh, Nick Nolte turned part. down the role of McCready, as did Jeff Bridges. Uh, Bill Lancaster wrote the script with Harrison Ford and Clint Eastwood in mind for the lead role. Oh, well, that would have been fucking swing. Clint Eastwood in that role. That would have been interesting. That would have been. I can't picture anybody else. Get the flame. Yeah, I cannot picture anybody but Kurt Russell. Are you movie. one of the aliens? Are you feeling I just want to see. I want to see. Uh, Which one of you? I want to see Clint Eastwood with that, like, fucking. 
beard and mane, dude. Like that would be <laughs> <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Okay. You guys are black. You guys went dark, man. We can't see you. What? We can see. What? Can't we see can see you just fine. You, you know what? Keep recording. You know what? Yeah. You know, what? The, there you what? Are. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Go on with some what? facts. Let's talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. Figgity, figgity, figgity facts. Uh, <laughs> you can't use the word fig. That's that's offensive. Okay. Oh, uh, to what? Newtons? Newtons, exactly. <laughs> when the film first aired on U.S. network televisions, Universal executive Sid Sheinberg provided a completely different cut of the movie, which included early scenes introducing each character. Naturally, this version was disowned by Carpenter, but can be seen on the Scream Factory release. Ooh. Ooh. It also has a uh, ending where it shows a dog running away from the camp. Ah, and then that, so it implies oh. the thing survived. Isn't that how the, the, the 2011 one ends, is with the dog walking towards this camp? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah. It, had, it had to set up the, this one. Which, by the way, I'm kind of getting the feeling that they intended to make a sequel to the thing at some point mm-hmm. after that movie, because it kind of leads into the possibility that she was going to go to the American camp and find at least one of them still alive. Ah, so like her and Kurt Russell get together, and then uh, I don't know. Right. What there there was a comic book based on a sequel for this movie. It's actually pretty gnarly. What By the way, happen. and this is also in my notes that the, the um, PS2 Xbox video game, the thing, is canon. Yep, two thousand two. Oh, Carpenter it is technically a sequel. Yep. So McCready did survive. Which, Mac ready, Mac ready. Yeah, Mac ready, Mac ready. <laughs> Did he? Are you are are you sure? Because I thought he, that was the, his. He was the one body that was found in the beginning, which leads to big questions later. No, because the end of the movie, you're uh, rescued by McCready. You mean the game or the game? Yeah, sorry. Oh, hmm. if I remember correctly, I haven't personally played it. I uh, would love to find it. I remember you, it you find Childs' body. He's still at the camp. Okay. I uh, I did watch the trailer for it the other day though, because when we were talking to uh, Robofuck about it, because he wasn't even he didn't even know it existed. That was a fun and, game. Uh, what was that? That was a fun game. It's been I uh, I wish they remastered it, dude. Yeah, I would buy it in a heartbeat. That would be great. Yeah. Like you can't even get it digitally on PC because when it came out was was O two I believe. Mm-hmm. Everything was just fucking uh, physical copy at that point, so. Okay, guys. Uh, what are we? Uh, I think that's enough notes. Oh wait, I got a couple, couple more. Yeah, put put, uh, put put some bangers in there. TJ, you like this? Uh, about an hour, four minutes in, a diopter split focus lens was used in several shots of the scene with McGrady and Fox, MacReady and Fox in the lab. <laughs> McGrady standing in the doorway in the background, and Fuchs sitting at the desk in the foreground. They're both in sharp focus. Would have been impossible to do a camera without a split focus lens, and Brian De Palma uses that technique himself. Oh, okay. I know exactly what scene you're talking about. Now. I, I know okay. you'd like that. You're you're a big ca- big yeah. camera lens fan. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, let's see. What else do I have here? Uh, okay, this I said we'd mention. Uh, one of the long running arguments about the film is the question of who sabotaged the blood supply and how. While mm. the argument usually centers around the key to open the blood refrigerator, this is actually a red herring. Like all refrigerators, the blood refrigerator maintained a seal using a soft rubber bumper or a gasket that pressed between the body of the fridge and the door. When the team goes to get the blood, it's only starting to flow out from the bottom of the door, showing that the damage had been done very recently. 
and most of the blood is still inside. If the door had been cut open to cut the bags, most of the blood would have flowed out onto the floor. So the conclusion is the thing used its shape-shifting ability to reach up through the underside of the door into the fridge and sliced up the blood bags without ever needing to actually unlock and open the door to get the job done. I could see that. So now basically that did that it. to set up the more paranoia well, and getting everybody at each other's throats. I could take that big question off the list. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could see your guys' pretty faces. Did it Did it not work? Okay. No. Nope. See, we totally... Oh, uh, there you are. Yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, there you are. Toby Yay. Hooper was originally slated to direct and co-write the film before John Carpenter was attached. Hooper's version would have been drastically different, featuring an alien that did not shapeshift or assimilate, and following by an Ahab-like character named the Captain who goes on a quest to find and kill the Thing, would have been more of a sequel slash remake to the 51 film, uh, with little influence from the book. Uh, Hooper also wanted the film to be a dark horror comedy with slapstick humor. (laughs) Which we got later on with Chainsaw 2. Bingo. Yeah, the film. But it actually worked for Chainsaw 2. I like that movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it totally worked for that. Caroline Williams is so hot. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Even still. Oh, uh, yeah. Check out her Instagram. Oh, uh, I follow her. You guys all follow her? Uh, she has some uh, premium content available, too, for you guys. <laughs> Bobby, you guys can see Bobby's face right now. <laughs> That's a fucking gilf and a half. Continue. Uh, David Clemens. <laughs> David Clemens line. You got to be fucking kidding. Or wait. Oh, I love you got to be fucking kidding. Uh, is Kurt Russell's favorite and never fails to make him crack up. I, I still laugh at that. Yeah, dude. It's great. <laughs> it's just like, really? This is it? <laughs> uh, During the blood test. Anything else? Palmer is the only one who doesn't visibly seem upset or agitated. More significantly, while Mac is potentially getting ready to set any of them on fire, he's not even looking at McCready. Yep. There's a reason. Hmm. Okay, wait. I, I'm going to do it here. I know, Johnny, you have questions, but... Jennifer, fine, bud. Yes. Give me, give me this scenario real quick. Ah, suck. We have Norris and Palmer. We find out we're infected. Tell me something. Could you say Norris was the one who had no idea he was infected? But could you say that Palmer knew? Just watch his attitude. Tell me something. Do you think Palmer knew he was the thing and Norris had no fucking clue? You are literally becoming paranoid like the people in the fucking movie. That's how effective this fucking thing is. Actually, listen. Uh, This comes seriously. Because Palmer had an attitude as to keep, keep McCready outside. Why would he want to keep him outside? Do you all really believe? Like everybody else is like, bring him. Some people bring him in. Some people will let him okay, out. Bobby Palmer though was just Ugh. Robert. Wait, wait, just listen. This is the next part I was going to read. When Windows freaks out and runs for a shotgun, and the others chase after him, pay close attention to who is positioned where during the confrontation. Norris and Palmer, the only two present who are infected, are standing off to the side with Fuchs. They were suddenly Fox. trying to isolate Fuchs while the rest of the group was distracted. And though he's shown out of focus in the background, look at where Palmer's staring. Directly at Fuchs. So I'm yes, now going to have to rewatch this again tonight because I did not notice that. Look at the paranoia. Like, this, it's a fucking insane. Yeah. This is what thought. happens. You know, like I tell you guys every episode, you guys look too into it. Just let it be a fucking movie. <laughs> this is no. one of the movies. We're talking we're about body position in a fucking scene. 
Yeah, but it's Carpenter, dude. He does this shit for real. He, he does this. We're shit talking about the same guy that made a four dollar fucking mask, the most popular thing in the world. Right, dude's a fucking genius, and one of the exactly. best soundtracks in okay. like one night. Right. You you really think body position is that big of a deal? I do. Okay. And, 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 and there's more shit I'm gonna bring up when it's foreshadowed. That's but even that's more minuscule that right that you guys probably probably already probably knows. Palmer knew he was infected. <laughs> End of story. I disagree. Oh. I disagree because it's widely speculated that whenever the thing takes over somebody, it takes over every physical attribute that they have, including what would have been Norris's heart disease and didn't realize it. That's why he has a heart attack. Oh. Yep. Okay, so uh, okay, uh, one, a couple things. A couple more things. Um, translation of what the Norwegian says. What he says translates to get the hell out of there. That's not a dog. It's some sort of thing. It's imitating a dog. It isn't real. Get away, you idiots. Oh. And bam. Yep. Also, Everything's spoiled in the first minute. The, Nor- the remains of the Norwegian base is actually the blown up remains of the American base. They just reused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool as shit. <laughs> we so, don't have to build it. We'll just use it. So what did they do with the Millennium Falcon after they found it in the ice there? I think uh, Han no, came, no. picked it back up again. Left it there. <laughs> <laughs> they made that sweet little ice bed out of it. Anything else, Jay? Uh, the flush flower that attacks Childs from the dog. It's actually an incredibly detailed effect. Its petals uh, are 12 dog tongues. Complete mm-hmm. with rows of canine teeth. Yeah, it looks like a flower. I yeah. love that. But oh, and by the way, I know I mentioned this in the chat, and a lot of our listeners may not know this, but the whole dog kennel scene was done by Stan Winston. Bum, bum, yeah. bum. It's, it's a big puppet. Yep. And he because did Rob, that because Robert he was, was asked to... overworked. He was so overworked, he was living in the studio at the time. Yeah, he said for what, 13 months, I believe? Yeah. Like he he said he was there seven days, slept there. They woke him up literally when they all came in to work. And I think he said he was there for like 13, 14 months, like legit. That sounds about Carpenter right. looked at him and said, you're going to the hospital. Please. Yeah, at the end. Yeah, at, yeah, at one point they did. Yep. Sounds of fucking infirmary. Okay, but like I said, that's all that. I mean, I have a shit ton more of notes that I just skipped over. Because it's, there's there's a lot for this. Movie. There is a lot. Right, there's be flipping pages. <laughs> oh, by the way, there is a short story. Uh, as soon as I remember what it is, I will let you guys know. I'll post it in the Gorm or whatever. But there is a short story that is told from the point of view of the thing. Really? Yes. Hmm. I have the book at home that it's part of. I'll let you guys know what it is. I can't remember right off. Interesting. Very <laughs> interesting. Okay. All right, so that it, Chad? We're good for this one? Yeah. Johnny D, any big questions? Well, Chad definitely, uh, I'm not going to say, he definitely hit on a few of them, but that's okay. I got a few other ones in the bag. Oh, that sounded, that was deep. But that felt good. Oh, it felt really good. Um, All right. Yeah, baby. So... And I feel like a lot of these TJs probably going to pee-pee slap me for looking too far into it. He just pee-pee slapped me. So. <laughs> okay, okay, guys, so, I just looked it up. Sorry. It's called The Things, and it's written by Peter Watts. Ah, huh. Wow, really uh, ambitious on the title there, Peter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Love it. 
Um, all right. So when they found the burnt remains at the Norwegian base, why would they bring it back having figured the Norwegians burned it for obviously some specific reason? So why would you why would you re, why would you Oh, that thing looks fucking your, weird. It's the only thing right, that looks that's kind saying, of alive like, here. Let's bring it back. But that right. There's I don't give a shit if you're a scientist or not. You wouldn't bring that back to a base with a bunch of other people to potentially contaminate them well, they, in a situation they, no matter. They had no clue. The only ones that were there at the time was a freaking helicopter pilot and a medical doctor. Had they yeah, taken, but to be fair, they, they all looked Blair, up to the helicopter pilot the most. Had they taken Blair, who probably had a he probably just left it there and said, I'm not touching this thing. Let's get the fuck out of here. I just, but at that point, that. The, I, th- I think Blair would have. But what if that made it really a difference? No, because the thing was no. already at the base. So it, none of this matters. You guys are looking too far into it. None of this fucking matters because the dog was already there. Hey. Johnny, give us a couple more questions. But <laughs> that may be right. the thing that actually infected Blair. The yeah. one that they well, back. see, that's. It's either that or which leads into my next question is how did the hell they get the giant dog body into that fucking lab? Because that hallway they were in was about two foot fucking wide. I don't know. Uh, that's that's one you just got. to. Maybe go. they took it outside. Yeah, they probably took it out the outside and around. Yeah, that's probably like some kind of garage door that opened up. All right. Because there had to be some way for them to get all the equipment in there, too. Right. That's fair enough. That's an easy one. Uh so towards the end, when Nalls is uh, walking away and then just gets killed, apparently off screen. Why do you guys? Why would you guys think he doesn't say anything? Like the whole time, he he doesn't say anything to McCready. Like he's like, oh shit, Gary just got pulled off, or we're, Gary's gone, or something. Like he doesn't say shit. Pure shock because of what he saw, or they're just numb to it by that time. That, or like I said, if you saw what he saw, he saw his hand. Pulling skin off his face and dragging him away. That's not exactly something where you're like, fuck that. You're more like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I love that absorption scene, dude. Um, so <laughs> one which was is always an open-ended question, and we already kind of answered it with the whole video game, but if you don't personally consider the video game canon, do you gentlemen feel that either one of them would have been the thing at the end? Or have been infected, I should say. No. And no. I think, okay. Yeah. I personally think Childs is. Okay. I Childs, Childs is not the thing. I know he's. Well, I. If you don't. If you take out the video game, I think he is. And this is why. He has no warm breath coming out in that entire scene. However, fucking McCready is just like. Blowing like he just smoked a fucking vape pipe. Yeah. So that was kind of in. But I don't know. And I I will say this. If you ask Carpenter still to this day, he won't tell you. No, no. No. He looks. He actually I asked him because I saw him at a show last year. He looked at me and actually said this. I really don't know. (laughs) He's like, I really don't know. I, I could. I still couldn't even tell you. And I directed it. Okay, but if you want to go by what the prequel set up, he's not the thing because he's still wearing an earring at the end. Hmm. Okay. Ah, but I don't go with the prequel because that was garbage. Yeah, I don't go by that, but whatever. Hey, if you guys remove the CGI, that film would be incredible. 
it originally had was all practical effects. So, what do you guys think happened to Fuchs? I think, I think he. I think he burned himself. I think he knew he was about to get absorbed or assimilated by the thing and killed himself to stop that from happening. Yeah. Yeah. Fox kind of like killed himself to save himself. So just straight up suicide. I agree. Alrighty. Because and no then, thing would burn you like that. So. Right. And then two random little ass questions. Um. So there's a, a lot of times when the thing shows up, especially when it starts uh, whispering out all the weird fucking like air whippers and shit. Oh, I'm a big fan there's of the air whippers. Me too. Um, there's a sound it makes that is very similar to another monster movie that we have reviewed. Do you guys uh, have any all that the like the, lo- the locust sound? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah. What's yeah. that from? Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. Ah. Cicada. Remember, we decided yeah. on this show alone. Yeah, yeah, he is yeah, a cicada yeah. monster. Okay. Here's here's something that I think has never been discussed, and we should. Pumpkinhead's the thing. Yeah. The thing pretty much exists as a single-celled organism. Correct. Why does it just go around spitting on people? It does spit on people, though. But yeah, it could just walk around just like hawk loogies and boom. I don't know. That would be a totally different movie at that point. (laughs) Did it touch you? I don't know. But just think about that for a second. Well, then, in that case... The beginning of the movie, there should be an instant translation whenever the dog licks the dude in the face. Yeah. See, and that's where I thought he might have first got infected, but... I think it's because there's no definite form. So I guess it depends on the form it wants to take, maybe. Mm. Think about it. It changes every time. And then that actually leads into my last question, and... I know some people don't necessarily like these, but I'm going to bring it up anyways. So we're going to do a versus round here and blob versus the thing. Can the thing. Do you guys think the thing could imitate the okay. blob faster than the blob could eat the thing? I think the blob I brought this discussion up to many different people before, and there is no definitive answer. I think the blob would just eat it and it would get stuck inside of it. I think the blob would win. I think the blob could dissolve yeah. the thing faster. Than I think the thing it's more acidic, right? It'd be it's a faster dissolving than the other could absorb. Why I did agree. they make Alien versus Predator? If this is the real movie we want, right? Blob versus the thing. Yeah. They bring the preacher back at the end of the and then at the end uh, it's the stuff, (laughs) (laughs) like the blob versus the blob versus the stuff. Oh my god, dude! That would be interesting. That is one slimy movie. That is a filthy fucking movie. (laughs) I'm all about it, dude. Let's. (laughs) So I think we're all I think we're all in agreement then that the blob would probably win. All right. Well, that's all my questions, gentlemen. Unless you got some. Now, what if you pour a cup of the blob into the stuff? Would you eat it? Or if somebody would eat it? Mm. Or would it just dissolve all the stuff? Or would the stuff dissolve the the blob? Stuff dissolve the blob. I'm picturing (laughs) dumping them together. Well, the stuff, if the stuff dissolves organic tissue, then I guess it is the blob organic. The blob is not organic. <laughs> I thought it was organic. organic. I thought it was an organic. It's a man-made thing. Or what if no, they're no, all no. from the same yeah, solar no, system? No, no, no. In the remake, it was man-made. In the original, it was an alien. Yeah. Either right. way, it's not happening. 
Yeah, but it was a man-made, like, organic organism. Yeah, either way. It's not an organic fucking organism. It is. It's an organism. It's not fucking organic. Well, all right. Then I'm I'm saying it wrong. But Did they sell it at Whole Foods? Yes, they might. Never been there. I don't know. Couldn't tell you. Okay. Anyway, (laughs) uh, douche of the movie. Well, Chad and I talked about this. Um, Go ahead, Chad. You, You tell him. We originally said that Blair was the douche of the movie, but he may have been more of like trying to be the hero of the movie. Was it Wilford Brimley because he was a dick and killed? That's Wilford Brimley, yeah. That is Blair. Okay, he he destroyed all their fucking uh, communication. See, but I I don't think he did that. It doesn't matter. It's still a dick move. (sighs) Compared to what? You made a situation that's fucked even more fucked. So then who? Yeah, but he's already saving humanity by just doing that. Not allowing it to reach hours. out. There's, I, I got nothing. I literally got nothing. There is like, no douche in the movie. The thing is the dude is the douche. The thing is but, the douche. By the way, twenty seven thousand hours is one thousand one hundred twenty five days. It's roughly three point oh eight years. That's uh, not a lot of time. If you no. damn. You say that's not a lot of time. It is for something like that. For an entire three years. Assimilated? That's fast. Yeah. That's yeah. Wait, say that again. Say what again? Uh, wait, twenty-seven thousand. When was that brought up? When Blair was running the simulation. Oh, of how fast, how fast it could assimilate the entire population of the Earth. I don't know, man. Wow, really? Yeah, I don't know. How fast it assimilated them, I feel like on a mass thing, dude, like it could assimilate faster, but you never know. I'm sure that time could change. Like you just said, as fast as it got them, it could probably change. It probably just grows and grows and grows and grows. It be no control. Okay, right? anyway. I mean, uh, using a 1982 fucking Mac. Guys. <laughs> Speaking of which, wait, can I can I sidebar on this? Of course. I know this is the first say. time there was Mac versus Windows. I knew he was going to lead into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and guys. So, too. for the questions for your Gordon Moore official review, favorite kill. Uh, my favorite kill would have to be the head chomp. Windows. Oh, uh, Windows. Yeah. That is yep. Cool. Then I'm in agreement with you, buddy, because that's mine as well. It literally Ooh. lifts them up. <laughs> it was glorious. I, I loved it. Dude. I can't argue with that. I absolutely agree with it too. That's not, it just ah! just the whipping around of the fucking body and everything, dude. It was just so And then on top of that, it's attached to the fucking couch. Yeah. Right. It puts it's its feet down and just stands up. Is that a fire alarm going off right now? Or am I just What? It is going off. Okay. Uh <laughs> the fire alarm's going off. Red Dawn, Red Dawn. Uh oh, shit. real swayzy train there. Anyway. <laughs> Bobby, favorite kill. I love the um the Norris. I like that. That's not maybe not a kill, but I love how the doctor gets his arms ripped off. Okay, fair yeah, enough. So that has to be uh that has to definitely be runner up for sure. Taryn's reaction to that scene was Whoa, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> like the kid, she's got good taste. Oh, the yeah. kid kills me. Chad, did you have any did you have that about your notes too? How they had a guy with uh, stumps for arms come in and do that scene? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it was in there. It was one of that's how we kids. did that in Vengeance. Yeah, they, did, they used a double amputee for that scene. Did you know yep. that, John? They, they used had, uh, amputee and then jelly arms. Yeah. Oh, in Vengeance, had, we did that as well. We we had a guy who had no bottom half. Ah, yes. That, the, the scene they when the guy's crawling away. Prosthetic yeah. to his face too. 
of the doctor. Yeah, so it looked like uh, what's his name there? Wilford Brimley. No, 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 no it wasn't. Oh, Wilford Brimley. <laughs> Everybody is Will. It's either just Wilford Brimley or Kurt Russell. That That's should have been the the real movie. thing is the simulation of Wilford Brimley. You know what? You man? shall all have diabetes. What if this is the physical manifestation of diabetes? It's stage four. This is stage it very four. Well could be, dude. <laughs> right. This is what he's been warning. Dude, this this is what, stage four what if he was actually like uh, immune to it because of all the insulin? <laughs> all I can think is now is like, dude, when Wilfred Brimley was alive, if he did a diabetes commercial where acting from the thing, that would have been fucking it, like It just goes in through the door and he's sitting there eating beans, shivering. Right, and he's it's sitting like, there next to the noose and everything. He's like, I've told them that I aim the thing for six days now, and they still haven't listened to me. And it may be too late for me, but it's not too late for for you to get your diabetes checked. God damn it, that'd be so awesome. I want it so bad. And after this can of beans, I'd like to introduce you to this new no-prick Blood sugar monitor. And he picks it up and he's just like, after a nice cold can of beans, I like to check my blood sugar. (laughs) Here's what I can tell you about that theory. He's still around, so it must be working. Oh. He was just at Monster Mania two years ago. Wow. No shit. He kicked diabetes. He was still kicking, dude. Holy cow. Best scene. Okay. I want to say best scene. This is gonna be really strange. Any outdoor shot. I'm just going to say it right now because uh, what is it? Uh, Dundee? Cundy. Yeah. Cundy. Cundy. Uh, Cundy. Cundy. Uh, his cinematography is beautiful and the visual. I have the remastered uh, like nice scan of this film. Mm-hmm. And uh, this film is beautiful. Beautiful and upscaled 4K. Fucking gorgeous. Speaking Makes you want to go snowmobile. I interject real quick. Did you see they're having a beautiful 4 scan copy of, scan the, it? of the director's cut of My Bloody Valentine? Oh, yeah, Sarah's buying it for me for it's Valentine's be wonderful. Day. Because if you pre-order it in Amazon, it will come on Valentine's Day. Nice. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. It's all a lie, but for different reasons. But yeah, they scanned oh. the original negative, so no more of that shitty so we get, spliced cut. So we get the uh the shower kill the yeah. proper way. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So you said outdoor scenes was your favorite scene. Yeah. Um just visually it's appealing to me. No, dude, I love those shots, man. They are very nice. They just it 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 set. It's the perfect way to establish setting and of isolation. Right. Yeah, I agree. Okay, but same um, to the cinematography question. Yes, I think my favorite scene is going to have to be the uh, the blood in the petri dish scene, dude. Yeah, that hands yeah. down is like the, the most unsettling. Like, okay, I got one question for you. Who's yeah, sexier yeah. with a flamethrower, Sigourney Weaver or Kurt Russell? Oh, Sigourney Weaver. Ooh. I don't know, man. Who would you rather have with you? Both? Why yeah, choose? Yeah. Why Ripley choose? or yeah. Mac Reddy? Well, obviously Ripley, but I'm not saying I would say no to Mac Reddy. Who could? Okay. Yeah, Fair enough. I agree with that. With now, what if you were lost in New York? Who would you choose? <laughs> oh, it's going to be Snake. I think if I'm I escaping from New York, LA. I would but... pick Macaulay Culkin. Oh. <laughs> you don't even like Home Alone. What are you talking about? No, I don't. <laughs> but no, man. Hey, the best you know what? But the CBC what? took out the Trump scene in, Holloway, in uh, yes, Home Alone 2. So those guys can they go did? suck a dick. They did. 
It's because just it's because Trump was fucking with Justin Trudeau so bad. The Canadian broadcast uh, service took out the Trump scenes <laughs> in movies. Oh. He's saying, <laughs> "Who fucking gives a shit about goddamn Canadians?" I was gonna say, "Fuck dude, you, I just Justin Disney Trudeau." Plus, it's still there. Didn't Disney that guy get caught doing dude? blackface like three times now? Like, you know what's really funny is I have friends from Canada and they fucking hate Justin Trudeau. He's such a fucking garbage politician. <laughs> what are you talking about, buddy? <laughs> hey, sorry about that. Uh, anyway, 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 anyway. Okay, but yeah, going back to this, yes, I'm with John. The blood test scene was the best. And that was actually what sold John Carpenter on directing the movie, by the way. Was yeah. That's why I wanted to make it. Yep. Yep. Dude, it was so... In- it- so that and the stomach scene alone, for some reason, but my timing is always a little bit off every time that shit goes down. I'm always expecting it like a second or two early. I don't know what it is. <laughs> so like sometimes that blood petri dish, dude, even if I've watched it a few times, man, it still gets me, dude. Like yeah, it's it great. And I love how that's cut. They put it purposely in the scene early so you don't think about it if you've never seen it. And then it comes back later and screams out and it's like, you don't think that, oh, it's a... It's something coming up out of the arm. It's a fake arm. Is that a butt plug? Cut it in like that. Clamps? I uh, I do like how nice. I can't remember what company it is, but they're actually, actually going around. They're selling a little packaged uh, petri oh, dish is. with red in it, and then just a little like four inches of a copper wire. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was pretty awesome. I'm like, yo, I kind of hope I see that at fucking Monster Mania. Not that I couldn't make it, but if I see it, I'll totally pick that shit up. <laughs> I would. I agree with you. The, the blood test scene is one of my favorites, and then my second one, the ending. Um, yep. I that and actually, I I wrote down three. I wrote down the blood scene, the ending, because I always like a nihilistic ending, and obviously the defib scene, dude. Just because that gave you the most like creature effects besides the very end. You could that literally name any scene in this movie as being your favorite, and I would agree. That's how good. That's fair. Is. That's I, fair. My, my other, the opening with the dog, because it puts you kind of on edge already. Like, what the fuck? I'm shooting at a dog. I don't. I don't agree with uh, pouring your uh, your beverage into your computer, though. I don't think that's good for that. <laughs> he does it so like nonchalant too. Cheating, right? Bitch. He's like, Man. like if you did that, like if you were sitting at work and you were just like, oh. Fuck, I lost. So you dump your fucking drink inside of the goddamn computer. Like, like what the fuck are you doing? And right? like, he's just like, fucking piece of shit. And he fucking dumps his fucking whiskey in there and then walks away. I like how he's, he even says, cheating bitch. Yeah. <laughs> That's literally the equivalent of a kid that throws a fucking controller that gets Or puts a piece of bologna in the next box. <laughs> what? I can't. Yeah. That's a childhood thing. Can't tell you about it. Uh, uh, <laughs> let's just say when I was younger, I had an Xbox and so my brother put baloney in it. Uh, what a dick. I know. <laughs> I want to slap him just for that. I'm the sensor does not react well to a baloney slice. <laughs> anyway, everyone answer best scene. Did the opening scene hook you in? Oh, hell yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. It's fantastic. Fan. Beautiful painting shots. Oh, beautiful panning shot. Beautiful. Okay. Uh, everyone agrees on that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best tits, hottest girl, uh, Kurt Russell. Keith David. Yeah. Kurt Russell. I'm going to have to go Keith we'll, David, we'll, man. We'll, Sexual we'll, chocolate. Come on. We need a little bit of diabetes in here. Yeah. You go well. He wants well for Brimley. Brimley. Okay. <laughs> Did the score set the mood, motherfuckers? Oh, yes. Hey, I own this. Yeah. I own a cop- several copies of it. So, yeah, it absolutely sets the mood. Uh, I could really? listen to that. I could listen to that score all day. Yeah. Nice. 
And my my um the 2011 remaster. I think it was a 2011. 2011, not 2000. Say that again. 2011 is uh, autographed by the producer Alan Howarth. Yeah. Nice. How? Oh, you have it. Yours autographed too. No, but I I know about it. I don't have the autograph though. Okay, guys. So. Best song. Best song. Uh, superstitious. Superstitious. Yep. Perfect. Favorite character. Is everybody just going to say Mac Ready? Nope. Okay, well, I'm not going to say Mac Ready. I'm going to have to go with Childs. Ooh. I I did like Childs. Like him calling out on Mac Ready shit. Fuck you, Mac Ready. Yeah. Yeah, Personally, I like Windows, man. Really? I always pegged you as a Mac guy. I like Mac Ready, but... I also want to give a, a fair argument to Gary Ooh. for making that shot with a fucking revolver at that distance. Right. <laughs> that was a good dude. That was a good fucking headshot. That man. was great. A broken window. That was this fucking thing. I like how he even called him out on. It. He's like, I was wondering when he was going to pop gun. That so was pretty badass too. I would go with uh, Nalls. Give Nalls a little credit. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Hey, he got to cook the food, man. Although Palmer I mean, thing, Palmer thing did have the best line of the whole movie. Oh, you gotta be fucking, fucking kidding! kidding. <laughs> I don't know, man. I uh, I did like um, Keith David's line. Uh, every time he kept bringing up this voodoo shit, <laughs> that always yeah, made me laugh a little bit. Like three times. But, talking about this voodoo shit. Nah, you you got to be fucking kidding. Still <laughs> okay, um, so uh, yeah, everybody favorite character. Yeah. Okay. Was it scary? Absolutely. Oh God, yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Still paranoia, the isolation. All Does of it hold up today? Also, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Better than the 2011 one. Does. Easy there. Uh, was he acting good or bad? Fantastic. Incredible. Fantastic. Yeah. Especially Wilford Brimley. Did you like the cinematography? Absolutely. I believe we said we did, but you know what? Who doesn't love those? So let's talk about Kunde. Uh, This guy does some amazing work, like some really, truly amazing work. And as I said, as I mentioned earlier, with some of the more establishing shots of the setting, uh, some of those more wider. okay, we're in Antarctica type shots. it's, It's really nice. And. Some of the more wide angle stuff is really well done, but also inside has a like level of claustrophobia that you know that this isn't that big yes. of a facility. So, you know, there's that aspect of it. And he just does it really well because everything always fits in the frame. And if you watch this on a modern television, the framing of this film is strange to begin with. But I think that's just a John Carpenter thing. Are you talking about like the fade ins out like like they almost made it? No, I was talking about the actual framing of the film and the way it was filmed. I mean, the widescreen. Yeah. The the specific format ratio that was used is very specific to this film. Yeah. Carpenter personally wanted that for this. Yeah, that's how I assumed as much. Uh, It's it's very well done. The film with the budget that was made on made on did a really good job. And, you know, Carpenter didn't really hold back. And the fact that he utilized some of his best people on this, it just goes to show. I'd also like to add in, you were talking about the establishing shots and the outside shots. One of the tricks that he did 
that I really loved is you notice that whenever it's showing the helicopter coming in after the chasing after the dog, you never get just a partial shot of the helicopter. Every frame that helicopter is shown in its entirety. Nice. Yeah. Like you don't get like just the cockpit or just it. You get the entire helicopter in every frame. That's true. There, There was one review on this movie and Carpenter's talked about it that they called him the pornographer of terror because of this movie. <laughs> that him. Terror. What does that say? That is just wonderful. That's an awesome title right there. But that, that just tore him apart hearing him call it a pornographer. Uh, like that, that's why he didn't make a movie for a couple years after that. And you got to remember horror, horror filmmakers are a step below porn and a, no, no, a step above porn and a step below Hollywood lawyers. Horror filmmakers. Yeah. Absolutely. So hearing something like that's just like, you suck, you jackass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so do you guys like the premise? Fuck yeah. Yes. Cinematography's yes. all good to you, by the way, as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, this is definitely a rewind. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, for sure. Oh, for days. Rewind. They rewind. tried... They tried to essentially reboot it, and it fucking tanked. So, no, we're going to go back to 1982 and enjoy that. So, I feel like it wouldn't have tanked if they would have kept the practical effects versus CGI. Bingo. I agree. Because the deaths in itself like, were still pretty sweet, but yeah. they needed if, the... if you go back and just watch it, story-wise, it's, filmed it's not, not It's bad. not filmed badly. Like You know what I mean? Like It's not terrible, terrible, but in aspect of this movie yeah it's garbage <laughs> that's pretty much so guys uh rating five out of five fuck yeah I yeah put a ten, god damn it put a 10 are we all just gonna five, say perfect 10 out of this five is the most says. perfect of even our perfectly scored movies okay. i would put this above alien above lost boys Ooh. yes see i <laughs> say that's contention for me i think i aliens just a step above yeah this is skosh uh i, I uh, that's a tough one for I, me because you're aliens telling me this perfect. is better than lost boys the nostalgia yes. factor of yes. lost boys alone yeah i love lost Dude, boys, lost boys I love this listen, a little bit more i wasn't even here for the lost boys review lost boys isn't even in my top 10 fuck so yourself. i'm gonna say that right there <laughs> it's one of them quintessential 80s movies and it's like one of feldman's I, best work personally i like, like near dark better and I think it's oh, way more underappreciated. Bill Paxton fanboy. You Bill buddy. Paxton fanboy. I love Bill Paxton. Yes. <laughs> I, 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 Johnny, I'm right there with you, man. Bill Paxton's the fucking man. Was. God rest his soul. Yeah. There we go. Speaking uh, of Bill Paxton, I just saw. What the hell movie was I just watching with him the other day? Game over, uh, man. What was the one with Tom Cruise? Like it was like a video game. Live, die, repeat. No. Uh, what the hell was, Edge of Tomorrow, right? That was actually pretty fucking good, dude. I've never seen that till the other day. Yeah. And I guess they're making a sequel to that. Yeah, well. Brink of Yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. They better fucking call it that now, goddamn. <laughs> oh, I forgot to bring up because we mentioned Keith David. Have any of you gentlemen played Saints Row Four or no. at all? No. no. Also, uh, John, we're going to utilize this time for you to tell everybody that this has nothing to do with the film Harbinger. Oh, oh, yes. yes. OK, so. I'll go back to Keith David in a second. Harbinger down. Um, I did watch it this morning or started watching last night. Finished it this morning. Uh, a lot of people say it has 
something to do with the thing universe per se. No, I didn't take it like that at all. Uh, it is a love letter to the thing. That is for sure. Uh, this gentleman clearly loves the thing probably as much as we do. Maybe even more so because he set out to make a movie essentially homaging it. Right. Um, there's a lot of nods to the thing. Um, I wrote down a few notes. Uh, for one, it starts in 1982. So there's a little bit of a thing, a little bit of a nod. And there's a Russian pilot capsule that's going over the polar caps. So I'm like, okay. Um, the creature in itself is a shape-shifting creature. It's all connected piece by piece. So essentially the monster is it's got all the same attributes but it's still not the same monster um this one being we're it, only mentioning mentioning this for one gore hound and that's for joseph gallo who thinks well that this no, there's film, other people that think this shit i too. never thought it was i just heard it from him and that's what i assumed it was. i never i i've heard that besides just from him but I finally just wanted to take a movie. Like they said, like I said, there was tons of nods to the thing in it. And you can so nod like, things all day. Well, then that case in Friday the 13th part six and Jason goes to hell is a part of every fucking franchise that's ever existed. Well, why can't it be? Oh, well, I want it to be in a, in a multiverse theory. Anything can in be a multiverse theory. Connected. Jason goes to hell is the best Friday film. So they're going to bring in Jason goes to hell and Dr. Strange. And then we're going to see fuck it. <laughs> I hope yes. so. Well, it is the multiverse of madness. That's this right. It's still going to go over somewhat well. Nah. Um, but the one big thing I will say, the difference with this movie clearly stating that it's not anything to do with it is they say that these are like this entity or whatever has mutated from like mutated water bears, which what's a water bear? Tardigrade. The water bear. The real name is um Tardigrade. Tardigrade. Yep. Thank you, sir. And so like the Russians were fucking with them. They like got cosmic energy or radiated or some bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And then it became quote unquote this version of the thing to where we know John Carpenter's that's just straight up a fucking alien. So right then and there has nothing to do with either of it. But going back to I wanted to bring back up to Saints Row 4 with Keith David. Keith David's in this game and the series gets so ridiculous. By the end of the by uh, the fourth game, you're the president of the United States. Keith David is your vice president, and it's Keith David <laughs> playing himself. And it's oh fucking awesome. God. And so, some shit goes down. Earth gets destroyed. So you're like up in space on the space station. So for some reason or another, it's like it's kind of like an open world kind of a setup where you can like go talk to your characters on the space on the spaceship and shit. Well. You have the ability to seduce all the people in the game, except for when you try to seduce Keith David, he never fucking does it. And if you try it like 10 times, they finally give you an achievement for like trying to. But Keith David's just too smooth. He's like <laughs> he doesn't go against there or some bullshit. OK, now, is there in the game? Is there a 15 minute fight scene where you try to get a pair of sunglasses on Keith David? I feel like there is. Really? I feel like they might have referenced that too. <laughs> well, now we gotta go play it. Dude, it's been a while. Listen, the Saints games are great. In the third one, they have fucking um Oh my god. They got Burt Reynolds in it, dude, and he's playing the mayor of the city. And it's <laughs> fucking great. And he's just Burt Reynolds. He's just himself. 
It's fucking great, dude. But off of that bullshit, anybody else got anything cool to talk about? Anything uh, sweet, horror, anything delicious? I think we should discuss the Morbius trailer that hit today. Fucking incredible. Bobby, did you watch it yet? I did not get a chance. Ooh, fail. I like the fact. Fuck off. That they kept the Morbius look secret yes. to like the very last second or so of the of the preview, where you actually get like the more red-eyed, white-skinned vampire look for Morbius. Bobby, this takes place in the MCU. Legit. There's a scene where be... Morbius is walking down an alley. Behind him is a poster of Spider-Man, and somebody wrote murderer across it. Oh shit. Okay. And in one scene of the trailer, he walks past uh Michael Vulture. Keaton, the Vulture. I will be watching this when we are done. Hell yeah, you are. So this would technically I, be the that. first horror movie set in the MCU. Uh, not filmed first, though. New Mutants is technically... That's not in the MCU. We I don't, don't know for sure. I don't, it does not take place in the MCU. See, I now this is care. where the all, all the arguments are going to think, because if they retcon anything, could you say almost Venom could be it? If Venom 2 includes... You know, well, Venom's not exclusive to a particular universe. And I don't know that you can really qualify Venom as horror, whereas this is a vampire. Okay, this is more horror themed. Just because it's R rated. And I think it's only R rated for language and, you know, the head biting scene. I personally haven't seen it. I don't know why I haven't seen it, but I I just assumed it was a little bit more of a horror esque. It was actually I actually enjoyed Venom. Yeah. Yeah, I do want to watch it. It's, It's just on the back burner. I still have to watch it, too. So there you go. Also, uh, who died, Chad? Oh, you want to bring that up? Since you pulled up the uh, the article to show me. Oh, shit. Uh, Brink Stevens just passed. Oh, shit. Recollect Is it my memory Brink Stevens? No, it wasn't. Was it? Wait. No, it's not. Brandon Scott Murphy posted it. Uh, I thought it was. No, Julie wait. Strain. Sorry. Julie, Julie Strain. Strain. I know Absolutely. it was one of the B-movie queens. Sorry, my apologies. Brink Stevens is still alive. Yeah. Really <laughs> say she'll be she'll be on the Power Hour in a couple months, and you'll be like, "Chad said you died." <laughs> she wouldn't be the first celebrity that's heard that. Uh, yeah, that and we are number. back after another attack from the FBI. Chad's kids are snorting dog food, and uh, yeah. But anyway, they aren't the first or the last. Yeah, that's. I think that's all for the horror news we have for you guys this week, and uh, pretty much. Stay tuned till next month, I guess, for our new show. But yeah, we literally just came up with the idea today, so yeah. we're still going to hammer out the details. Let us workshop it. Hot people. off the presses. Hot Woo. off the presses. Hot off. Yeah. Anyway, guys, thank you for joining us for another exciting episode of the Gore in More podcast. Before we sign off, mm. nobody mentioned what our movie is next week. Dum dum dum. Reanimator. Ah. HP Lovecraft. Beauty over there. Nice. Cat dead. What is it? The fuck's the sign say? God damn it. Wow. Oh well. Oh, was it? A little oh. sticky note he wrote. It's like cat dead. Ah, fuck I, it. I can't remember either. We'll talk about it next week. I yeah, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> next week we got Reanimator, guys. Thank you for joining us. This is your Lejos with Lemost signing off. You're a dark little of knowledge, Chad, saying, see you later, bitches. This is Big Johnny D saying, see you later, Gorehounds. Your killing machine, Bobby and Monson, I'll kill you fuckers later. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs>